I'm Olivia Riggio with the Independent New York City's progressive newspaper and website. I'm filling in this week for John Tarleton, the Indies Editor-in-Chief. You can find the new print edition of the Independent in our red and white news boxes across the city, and you can follow our latest reporting online at independent.org. That's I-N-D-Y-P-E-N-D-E-N-T dot org. This fall, I published an article with the Indy that covered the work of NEVA, the National Independent Venue Association. NEVA was formed as a coalition of independent venue owners. This past year, an alarming number of independently owned music and arts venues went out of business due to shutdowns coupled with insufficient government aid. At the time, NEVA was fighting for expanded relief for venue owners as part of the Save Our Stages Act. They had a victory this month as the very fraught upcoming relief bill includes Save Our Stages. Here to talk with us about NEVA and next steps of the Save Our Stages campaign is Reverend Moose, Executive Director of NEVA and Managing Partner and Co-Founder of the independent music marketing firm, Marauder Group. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Olivia. I really appreciate it. So for those who don't know, what separates an independent venue from a corporate venue? Well, it's ownership, right? You know, it's who owns it, who's booking the talent, who's um, who, who's interacting with the community. And independent venues, at least as far as Neva's standards, are ones uh, in, in a broad sense that aren't owned by a multinational or a publicly traded company, which means that they are owned by uh, generally by locally um, run companies or mom and pop operations or by community members themselves that are able to. I guess, more efficiently and seamlessly tap into the local communities in, in many different ways. They're the ones that are opening their doors for fundraisers. They're the ones that are hiring locally. They're the ones that are booking tomorrow's next rising star from the neighborhood. That, that, that comes from the independent venues. So walk us through the formation of NEVA this spring. Just how sure. bleak was the prognosis for indie venues and um, how did you logistically bring it to light? Well, I think, you know, it's important to kind of look back to mid-March when uh, there was a uh, very firm line in the sand and one day everything was somewhat normal and the next day everything was closed. Um, you know, bars, restaurants, venues, etc. I think what we realized very quickly was that the funding options that came from the government didn't take into consideration the specific parameters that running a live events venue um, has that come with it. And, and we're talking about no po no possible date for a reopening, knowing that we were the first to close and that we will be the last to reopen. Uh, you know, this is probably a post-vaccine industry. Uh, and, and it just meant, made, sense that, made sense that, you know, the same government that was able to help other businesses would be able to, in some way, help those that have to remain shuttered until there is a full reopening, get through not just the, um, the expected uh, loss that, that many businesses are incorporating, but the fact that we have actual negative revenue, that just the very existence of trying to stay in business right now means that you're you're losing revenue through ticket refunds and excessive rent and mortgage and insurance that, you know, you have to pay for for an empty room in the middle of most cities, which is where a lot of these venues are. And even the rural, uh, rural neighborhoods, suburban venues, all of these types of places are all dealing with the same problems. And, and because they're so important to the local economy, you know, we had a, stud a study that came out uh, a year or two ago that showed that for every dollar spent at a local and independently owned venue, it generates $12 in economic activity. You can imagine what that means for the surrounding businesses, for the taxes, for, for 
parking garages, pizza parlors, restaurants, bars, like everybody benefits from having these venues as economic cultural centers in their in their neighborhoods. And what about um, going into the fact that they're cultural centers more? It's oftentimes easier for younger and undiscovered and diverse musicians to be booked at indie venues. Can you go into that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, you have to kind of think about this, and it all makes sense if you actually kind of peel back the layers a little bit. When you're talking about being booked in an independently owned room, you're talking about somebody that uh, probably lives in the neighborhood, that interacts with the locals, whose kids go to the same schools, who's uh, you know, familiar with the local artist in a way that somebody from maybe one of the coastal cities that is booking for the entire country or even the entire world isn't necessarily as intergrained in. And I think that when you're talking in in that perspective, uh, it's generally somebody you could actually walk up to and shake a hand. I mean, I know it sounds a bit old school and, and somewhat mythical, but the reality of it is, is these are people that are in the community. So if you're uh, in one local band and you have a bit of a history and you start another band, you already know the right people to be able to talk to without having to go through a lot of the larger machine that the industry, uh, you know, relies upon as far as the infrastructure with the managers and the booking agents and, you know, some of the record labels involved. So it, it, independent venues are, by their very core and essence, much more approachable for local community members. And, and we're talking about all sizes here, small venues, big venues, amphitheaters, they're all going to be more favorable towards local community and local arts and culture than something that is owned by a conglomerate. Moving on to the Save Our Stages Act, what were some of the actions and organizing NEVA did to rally behind it? Well, you know, the first thing we did was was realize that we weren't in the first uh, the first CARES package. You know, that was, uh, I guess, a, a bit of a reckoning moment where as we all waited and everybody was waiting back in March, you know, and saying, okay, well, what, what's going to be done here? And what was done uh, were good programs. PPP in particular was a, it was a solid program. It just unfortunately didn't serve the needs for this specific business model. Uh, you know, it didn't necessarily – it wasn't appropriate for – uh, companies that had many part-time employees, the flexibility wasn't there to be able to use the funds where it's necessary. Payroll was by far not the biggest expense for many of these businesses, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we have a massive, uh, you know, collection of these independent venues and promoters from across the country that otherwise had never uh, organized in such a way to be able to actually rally for support from from Congress, and so we basically said, look, we have to fight for ourselves. Nobody else is going to go out there and wave this flag for us. And uh, it happened quickly, very, very quickly. I mean, we're talking about days, not weeks, where the need was identified, and then, boom, everything was organized. We were able to secure some uh, some, some funding from the beginning to be able to at least help cover the cost for the, for the lobbyists in D.C. Uh, and, um, and, you know, then from there, it's just been a tidal wave of support since then. I think that that actually says something, though, to be able to look back and see not just the fact that this has been successfully turned from a request into a bill into a law like that, that in itself is amazing. The fact that that happened in a little more than six months is, is nothing short of just monumental, but this was done with just overwhelming support. We're talking about support from the fans, support from the artists, support from the communities, we're talking about, you know, hundreds of senators and, and, and representatives that, you know, are bipartisan support to be able to push this forward. 
this was not something that was controversial. This was a very common sense piece of legislation and request that we had asked for from the beginning. And I think that's why when you look at the overall uh, the, the 15, the 900-something the, 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 the billion dollar, uh, you know, plan that was put into place, the fact that there's a $15 billion carve-out that is specifically for independent venues and promoters and, 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 and agents and, and all these other companies that are that don't have any other um, income and, and no reopening date for the foreseeable future, there's a reason that this was specifically included. It just makes sense. And you went into this a little bit before, but I think it's a really important point to drive home. Why didn't the previous stimulus bill and the Paycheck Protection Program offer the specific type of help that venues needed? Well, I don't think it was for any ill intention. I just think everything moved so quickly. And this was one of those times in history where you could see how fast the government moved and it happened quickly. And we all just kind of felt the second round was going to come just as quickly. And so as fast as we had mobilized, and we were mobilized by like the first week of April, we had kind of figured that by May, the next pa- the next package would be passed and we'd be able to get ourselves included in that. Obviously, that wasn't the case and the entire country is being affected by this. So uh, the fact that it took until the end of December for the second stimulus package to be able to come through, um, you know, look, that's just unfortunately the world in which we live, but it, it gave us uh, a, a lot more opportunities to be able to knock on representatives and senators' doors and say, listen, like you, you need to listen to this. You're going to lose these, these businesses that are instrumental to, um, to the, the communities that, that, are, that you're supposed to be serving. And, and we did lose many of them. We've lost several hundred venues across the country over the last year. It's unfortunate. It's really terrible. There's been some absolutely amazing venues that uh, will not come back. And because of the way that, uh, you know, live events happen, comedy clubs, jazz clubs, music clubs, et cetera, because of the way that these things happen, you can't just open up a door a year from now and say, okay, we're back. That's just not how the world works. And more importantly is what's really at risk here is not live music or live entertainment. What's really at risk here is who's going to be controlling this. Is it going to be locally owned? Is it, is it going to be employing from the community? Is it going to be booked from uh, you know, an office across the country, across the world. Who's going to be uh, re- re- reaping the reward for, for booking all this, this talent? Because it's not going to be a lack of venues. It's going to be a lack of independently locally owned mom and pop venues. That's what really has been at risk all this time. Now that Save Our Stages has been enacted, what are the next steps that Neva is going to be taking? Well, we uh, have a collection of independent venues and promoters that had previously not necessarily worked as closely together. And uh, we've made a lot of friendships and we, we are all aligned in being able to uh, try to do more good. And, uh, you know, we're certainly championing the causes that are going to be helping our, helping our employees and our staff, the artist, artists and the artists of the community, and just trying to be able to make sure that uh, since we have this opportunity and that Neva exists now, and it, it didn't exist before, that we can make sure that where our voices need to be heard, they are. And more importantly, where one of these independent venues or promoters would need help, uh, that we as NEVA can, can activate to be able to help them uh, where they might not have otherwise had the same support. And that's really important for us because I think that, you know, because the real difference between independent and being a corporate venue is, is uh, accessibility to resources. So when something happens, a fire, a hurricane, a flood, a pandemic, 
then you know, you know you're you're on your own. That's was the case prior to March, and now that we're at least talking with each other and organized, and we have a really great community, and, and we're all working as closely as we possibly can. I hope that uh, the next time somebody is hit with an adverse condition that we're able to help them and they're not on their own, because that to me would be the real success here. Now, the um, passage of the Save Our Stages Act is a victory, but you did mention hundreds of that are going to be closed down. How can we bring those into the conversation now that aid is on the way? Well, I think, uh, you know, that's, that's, a good, that's a good question. And, and I think it's important that we remember those venues that uh, weren't able to necessarily make it for the last nine months because there was no money and there was no foreseeable date as to when this would pass. And certainly having it take as long as it took, especially for something that was so common sense, we saw casualties as a result of that. And we're going to continue to see casualties even in the time frame it takes for people to uh, get this enacted and then obviously apply and hopefully get some, some financial return from it. There's a reason that the application uh, for this grant is staggered. And the first round is going to be open to people that have suffered 90% or more loss of revenue. And the second round is going to be to people that have suffered 70% or more loss of revenue before it opens up to a wider berth. And, um, you know, I, and then at the same time, we have the NEVA Emergency Relief Fund, which is then, um, you know, raising funds through, uh, through, through our own charitable efforts through SaveOurStages.com. And that has been to assist the venues that are in the most dire positions to be able to bridge that gap between what they need right now and what they're getting from the government when that should come. And to date, mm-hmm. we've been able to generate several million in, in donations just for that alone. So I, I hope that, you know, the venues that are no longer, um, you know, a part of the ecosystem, the people that have been a part of it are able to see the support system that's in place right now. And in one way or another, you know, find something or a way to be able to still be involved. That, to me, would would be uh, something to celebrate in itself. Well, thank you for your insights tonight, Reverend Moose, Executive Director of NEVA. If you want to learn more, you can go to SaveOurStages.com 